Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. I was reading Daniel the other day, chapter 2 in particular, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream and Daniel's interpretation. It's a very important chapter to consider if we attempt at really any level to understand the phrase, the time of the Gentiles. Have you ever had a question about that phrase? What does it mean? Seems it could mean a number of things. Is the angel telling Daniel there'll be an insurmountable number of Gentiles on the earth opposing Israel at the end of the age? Scripture certainly points that being the case, possibly, but I believe there's more to it than that. We first see that verse in Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 3. For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near. It's the day of clouds, the time of Gentiles. Paul sees it as the, the, the fullness of the Gentiles, much like Jesus in uh, Luke twenty one twenty four. the times of the Gentiles. Well, what time are we really talking about here? First of all, the time of the Gentiles leads up to the return of the Lord, the day of the Lord, something we've discussed in many of the podcasts over the last year and a half. The second coming of Jesus. Ezekiel makes that clear. The day is near, even the day of the Lord. In interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream, Daniel presents the Babylonian monarch with a, a prophetic fact there will indeed come a fourth kingdom of Gentiles that will look considerably different from the previous, an empire that will break in pieces, shatter everything, crush all the other kingdoms. Well, those are Gentile empires. Those are Gentile kingdoms. We could argue, well, well that was way back in Daniel's day. However, there's more to it than just the time frame. In verse 44, of Daniel chapter 2, it clearly shows that in the days of these kings and kingdoms, past and present, God has one final empire he's going to raise up. Listen to Daniel 2.44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up, he'll set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. What kingdoms? All these composite empires that have sought Israel's destruction. This kingdom that God shall establish shall stand forever. So what's the point? All these kingdoms have been dominated by Gentiles and throughout the ages have been bent on destroying the covenant people. Might we be seeing in these days among the nations what, what ultimately will be a composite of all the previous Gentile empires that, that have sought Israel's destruction? Well, I believe so. And as we see even today, the increasing incidence of anti-Semitism all over the world, getting worse, not better, and the Bible itself makes clear that will continue until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. A future time. A time that will mark the end of, listen to this, Gentile supremacy. But that is not the end of the story. We must also take notice in Daniel 2.44 
where it's very clear the kingdom of God comes specifically in the the days of these kings, a, a composite of all the previous Gentile empires that have that have sought the destruction of Israel, the ten king coalition that will prove to be contemporaries of the Antichrist, who will be destroyed at Christ's return, the termination point of the times of the Gentiles. The times of the Gentiles represents the whole time Israel remains under the curse of the broken covenant, the chosen people with whom God has a controversy. It's it's the entire time period of the Gentile hostilities against Jerusalem. The day of the Lord ends the time of the Gentile dominance over Jerusalem. Remember the warning from Moses? I'll provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I'll move you to anger by a foolish nation. And the Apostle Paul stated clearly in Romans 11.11, I say then, have they, that's Israel, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not, Paul says, but through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Paul's saying this is not a permanent condition, that that the deliverer will come out of Zion on a future day, not a first coming as claimed by replacement theology. The final oppressor, the Antichrist, will be consumed by the breath of the Lord at his future return. So here's the deal. The terminal point of the Gentile domination over Israel and the and the terminal point for the return of Israel's Messiah is the day of the Lord. Listen to Isaiah 59:20. The redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob says the Lord. Or how about Isaiah 63 verse 1? Who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Verse 4, for the day of vengeance is in my heart and the year of my redeemed has come. You see, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord's return that just does not include Israel's restoration, would have been literally unthinkable to the early disciples. And for for very good reason. Acts chapter 1, verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him. When the disciples had come together with the Lord, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? How about Acts chapter 3, verse 21? Jesus, whom heaven must receive, the first resurrection, until until the times of restoration of all things, including Israel, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. Or Romans eleven twenty five, the apostle Paul in that famous chapter, Romans 11, about the Jew and the Gentile and the Jews future. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Verse 26, 
And so all Israel will be saved. As it's written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Now, God is also going to bring the church to a fullness of its corporate destiny just before the Lord's return. We've talked about that in the past. A glorious martyr witness of faith that will impact the nations globally. Salvation will not happen in a vacuum. The Bible's clear. There will be those who come out of the Great Tribulation. Revelation 7.14 makes that abundantly clear. These are the ones. These are the ones who come out of the Great Tribulation, and, and they washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. But perhaps the Apostle Paul has another thing in mind with regard to Gentile fullness that Israel's blindness will end with the salvation of all Israel at the return of Messiah, what is clearly stated on many occasions in the Bible. Nor does Gentile salvation end or, or even decrease at the return of the Lord, because it's clear there are survivors of the Great Tribulation who will transition into the Millennial Kingdom. So we can safely rule out it's not just a matter of how many Gentiles are on the earth. It's not just about numbers. So then what is it? <laughs> I believe we can agree this age ends with the fullness of the Gentiles coming to a spiritual maturity, one like they've never known, a voice with clear revelation from the prophetic scriptures, delivering that message with an anointing perhaps never before realized to the Jew first. That's the original assignment given by Jesus himself, but never fulfilled in this present age. We, the church, have gone to it, uh, just about everyone but the Jew. Paul believed this is, the, this is how the age ends with the day of the Lord, the return of the Lord, Thus, it ends the time of Gentile domination over the covenant nation. If we see the term, the fullness of the Gentiles, as a time that ends with the coming of Messiah at the day of the Lord, it brings, it brings clarity to Paul's phrase. Listen to this. And so, so at this time or, or in this way, all shall be saved, as we saw in Romans eleven twenty six. The Deliverer will come out of Zion, and all Israel will be saved. The coming of the Deliverer, Jesus, will bring salvation to the Jewish remnant that survives the Great Tribulation. What's extremely important to note also is that Israel is the one and only nation promised that uniform redemption of Jews in the land. A time in which they, they come to their fullness and are free of the, uh, their hardening, continuous exiles and subjection to Gentile domination as we, we see in Revelation 11 verse 2. John, in his vision, was given a measuring rod and told to leave out the court that is outside the temple and do not measure it, for it's been given to the Gentiles." And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. That's three and a half years. 1,260 days. Listen, that domination ends with the return of Messiah. 
Beloved, there's, there's much more to consider here. The body of Messiah has a, a divine mandate. It's, a, it's assigned by the set times of God, even before the foundation of the world. While today much of the church world operates in a spirit of dullness and confusion, the task ahead looks like an impossibility. Yet the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the uncreated God of the universe, has a remnant. God always has a remnant, but for the Father, that's never enough. He needs more. He wants more. To complete his eternal covenant promises, he calls for and will have a fullness of revelation, a wisdom, an understanding of the times and seasons for both Jew and Gentile, and he will have it. As my friend Reggie Kelly so often says, the church, the church just, will not go out in a Laodicean fizzle. My brothers and sisters, I think we need to pray. Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth, just as it already is done in heaven. My Lord, may the body of Christ begin to call out those things that are not as though they are. Father, I don't believe for a moment you see that as some sort of squirrely faith. Rather, it's the width, it's the length, the depth, and the height of the prayer and travail you're beginning to pour forth on the church, on the church world, yes, Lord, across the globe, an outpouring that will ultimately usher in the return of the Lord. The kingdom come. Hallelujah. Maranatha, even so come, Lord Jesus. God bless each and every one of you. I'm Bill Nordstrom.